Welcome back. I'm Kathleen. I'm Kim. And we're the K&K Twins. So you're here joining us for uncomfortable conversation with the K&K Twins. Absolutely. And we've been actually having an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> this whole time in, in preparing for this. So we one day we'll show you all of our uncomfortable conversation clips. Leading up to this. Yeah, so, but not so. Um, so this is episode six. Yeah. And we're going to talk today about blinders. Okay? And let me just say, we have been requested to do more of this. <laughs> we are in demand, people. People want what we, we have, have fans. to offer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we have a fan. We have a fan. A fan. So, hey, um, fan. Hi, fan. <laughs> Thanks for following us. <laughs> so, okay. So today we're going to do episode six. And we're talking about blinders. And blinders is a concept that we really have to kind of dig in and understand because what it means is that we're restricting our view and removing distractions and so in the case of horses you know they put blinders on horses so that they can't see from side to side and nothing distracts them well we do that to ourselves and as codependents we wear these blinders that re restrict us and it restricts our view of life which means we don't see anything clearly it restricts our perception of reality yeah that's a good way to say it so we think we're just kind of removing distractions, um, but what we're re what we're really doing is removing our ability to see things clearly. And like she's like this other K twin said, um, we don't see the reality, and, and it's not helpful. And, and one of the things we really want to strive to do as codependents is, is get out of the habit of living in denial and living in our untruths, because we create this world of lies which is not nice mm -hmm. to say, but that's the truth. And so we're going to deal with truth here, y'all people. Um, so when any new information comes in that threatens our perception of reality, so if someone says to us, hey, you know what? That's not okay, or that's not normal. He shouldn't treat you that way, or she shouldn't say that to you. That's not okay. We want to reject that because mm -hmm. that threatens our familiar pattern of... Um, of behavior of our lack of a lack of objectivity so that's something we really need to be aware of as codependents especially but really in this world of people where we're we are interdependent we really do need each other to, to function and to have live full healthy lives so when you have people that you love and you trust that are saying things to you like this person's not good for you that behavior is not normal mm -hmm. we as codependents are usually very quick to dismiss that and and deny it and say it's not true but if you're hearing that from multiple sources you need to stop need to listen and evaluate that and listen to that because those are people who love you I used to tell my daughter that look who loves you more than anybody else in the world who wants you to be happy right mom mom and dad um, so when your family the people who love you the most and care the most about you if they're telling you they're seeing red flags in a relationship or they're mm -hmm. saying, hey, mm -hmm. I don't really think this person is, even if it's a friendship, yeah. I don't think this is healthy. I don't think this is a good person for you. Mm -hmm. You need to stop and give some weight to that yeah. and listen and see if that's maybe real. Well, and I think a lot of times, especially as codependents, we're looking for validation from other people. And so mm -hmm. we'll go to people and go, okay, is this normal? When they tell you no, it's not normal, don't ignore that. But codependents rarely go to somebody and ask, is this normal? Because we don't oh, have that, that insight. Was that part of the that's healing? That's part of the healing. We've gotten oh, there. But is, if yeah. you're still in codependency and haven't recognized that, you don't even know to do that. So if somebody comes to you out of love and concern, 
drop the defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Drop the mm -hmm. because we do feel threatened when they um, not attack, but when it, it feels, feels like, like they're attack, attacking though. our reality. Mm -hmm. Okay, but we have to remember we lack objectivity. So oh, we don't good see point, reality. We talked about right? that last time, mm -hmm. our lack yep. of objectivity. Yep. So remember, because you don't see things clearly, you really need other people. You do. Especially until you can learn to see things clearly. You need people yeah. to, to help us see things the way they really are. So there are several different types of blinders. I, we're going to talk about, in this episode, we're going to talk about um, four of them. Okay, right. so we're going to talk about filtering information. We're going to talk about defending the offender. We're going to talk about how we redefine pain and then we're going to talk about proclaiming um, perfect perception in this <laughs> episode all... yeah it's all so a bunch of lies keep in mind that these blinders we use these blinders to adapt our behavior and thinking to the wishes of the dysfunctional people in our lives mm. so if we're in a dysfunctional relationship we use those blinders to kind of keep our thinking in line with that dysfunctional person it, blinders really keep codependence in bondage yeah okay so it, it represent control so we use them to control ourselves mm -hmm. dysfunctional people use them to control us mm -hmm. um, because we cannot see that reality just keep that in mind we lack objectivity if you suspect that you're codependent this is a truth for you yeah you lack objectivity so you need to have outside sources of information to help you filter truth and okay? as codependents we we remove the truth mm -hmm. we remove a substantial amount of truth we just it's like it doesn't exist and especially if it's painful for us and um, that's why we have these coping mechanisms is because we've dealt with so much pain, specifically, you know, starting in our childhood usually um, and going through our, our lives. So we've created these um, ways of walking through the world where we just remove things that we don't like. Um, and that's where filtering information comes in. So, uh, for example, if, it, if when the alcoholic or abusive husband says, I'll never drink again, I'll never hit you again, I'll never do whatever, the codependent wife so desperately wants to believe this that she's like relieved. Oh, finally he understands. Oh, finally he's going to change. And then there's so much joy because there's hope. You think there's hope, right? But that's not the reality. The history is that the abuse and the broken promises will happen again and again and again. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. but that's we, the reality. We, we filter this information and we go, oh, that's not going to happen this time. We completely ignore the reality. And, and you know, one of the things that I learned in my coming out of um, my codependent behavior was I really did not require that words and actions match. I would listen to the words that were being said to me and the actions never matched, but still I believed the words. Like, mm -hmm. that's crazy. How could you tell me something, you never actually do the behavior you say you're going to do, and I still, every time you say it, I still think you're gonna do it. I still think you're gonna be on time, mm -hmm. even though you're never, ever, ever on time. <laughs> I still think you're going. <laughs> I, we want to believe, we want to believe. Yes. And so we're such Pollyannas, if anyone, yes. that's probably a reference you're, <laughs> some folks are too old to understand, but we are very naive in certain ways, to, but it's, it's a learned naivete. It is. Because we, it's, it's about survival. It is. It's about survival. We, we learn that. And protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. you and know, protecting this ourselves. This is how yes. we protect ourselves, and mm -hmm. we've done it for so long 
um, that it really does feel normal. But one of the things we were just discussing is as easy as it feels like it is to kind of stay in these habits and stay in these um, perpetual cycles, it's actually so much easier to walk through the healing. Doesn't that feel better yes. to go, wait a minute, like this is what happened in my situation. So um, my ex-husband would always say things and I would believe it and go, oh yeah, okay, so this is gonna get done and that's gonna get done. And, and one day my daughter said to me, mom, why do you think he's going to do that? He never does that. And I was like, oh, she was a child. I was like, oh. Like, I, I was, she could see what was right in, right? right in front of both of us. But in, in, my, in my need to protect myself or my habit of protecting myself, I didn't even want to see the truth. You know, denial mm -hmm. was a part of our codependent yeah. behavior. Um, filtering this information. He says it, I'm going to believe it. Um, and, and part of it, I think, is just kind of the way I was raised, too, which is part of this whole codependent thing, mm -hmm. is we are raised in these patterns. But the truth is, he was never going to change his behavior. And, and they aren't going to keep those promises. No. And they're not, they're not going to change their behavior because they don't really think they need to. Right. You know, they say what you what they think you want to hear to shut you up, just to get you off their back right. so they can continue doing what they want to right. do. But the, the truth is, there's so much, there was freedom in me, mm -hmm. for me, when my daughter said, why do you think he's going to do that? I was like, oh, why do I think that? And the truth, you know, the Bible says the truth sets us free. It does. I mm -hmm. was freed in that moment when my child showed me the truth, which is right in front of me. So mm -hmm. um, it's really important that we don't filter the information that we're given through this lens of denial and um, Pollyannaism, which I don't <laughs> think is a word. But, you know, y'all know what it means. Mm -hmm. um, but that's... That's the thing, is that we need to always make sure that we're open to other people, their perspective mm -hmm, and their mm -hmm. opinions and listening mm -hmm. to others because we do lack objectivity. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to filter out when it's a dis dysfunctional, abusive person right. that's feeding you lies. That's true. But um, mm -hmm. it's really good. Like Kim and I always say how blessed we are. Mm -hmm. Like we are a gift to each other very that the so. Lord brought us together mm -hmm. because we're walking the same journey together. We have very similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and... And it's so wonderful to have somebody that I can say, okay, I need to verbally process this with yeah, you. Okay, am I seeing this real? Is this reality or is, is this objective? You mm -hmm. know, am I seeing this objectively? I need you to look at this with me mm -hmm. and help me to see this so yeah. we can walk this. And, and I will tell you, we're here today because we have walked this path and gone through this healing and process. are walking through it still. And we have found such tremendous freedom. Mm -hmm. We have found truth. We have changed, absolutely, which is so amazing. Huge. In the beginning, I was in the beginning. We both said this before. We were terrified. Anytime we get faced with the truth, and we mm -hmm. have stuffed emotion, mm -hmm. repressed emotions, mm -hmm. denied reality for years and years and years, the yeah. thought of addressing those things is so terrifying. Mm -hmm. But wow, what I was, freedom has I come was from scared that. to death, and. Um, you know, even I was, and I, and I'm one of those people that says I'm not scared of anything, which is, you know, part of my whole, Denial. You know, yeah, this is, that's one of the ones we'll talk about in a little bit is I, oh, I'm not scared of anything, but I was terrified and I don't, I, I'm not even sure. I, I thought I wouldn't be able to handle the pain, mm -hmm. Yeah. but the truth is there's so much freedom in it mm -hmm. that it actually feels better to mm -hmm. go, you know what? They're not going to mm -hmm. change, right? but I don't have to believe it. And just like Kathleen saying, you know, we really use each other 
as a sounding board. We just sat at dinner and I, the first thing I said is I need you to I need you to tell me if what I'm thinking is normal or if I'm being codependent mm -hmm. in, in my and how I'm processing through this. Because I know I can't see it clearly. I know. I've learned. I've learned I can't see it clearly. Right. I, I thought we in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought in the very beginning I was seeing everything. Oh we do. We think yeah. we're so insightful. <laughs> we are for other people. I'm so self perceptive. For other No. For we other can see people. other people, we see other really, people super really clearly. Yeah. We are because codependents tend to be very empathetic. Yes. So we can you know, we can empathize with people and see things. Yes, we can put ourselves But in. we can't mm -hmm. see ourselves. So you need somebody At else. All. That is safe. Now, this is a key word, you yes. guys. It has to be somebody safe who's mm -hmm. going to speak truth into mm -hmm. your life. In love. But that you trust them, mm -hmm. that they are really have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Like Kim knows if I'm going to talk to her and tell her some truth, it's because I love her. I yes. care about her. I want her to be happy. She knows she can trust that. I'm not going to sabotage or undermine or manipulate in mm -hmm. any way. Mm -hmm. We are so open and raw and real mm -hmm. with each other mm -hmm. that if she comes to me, I'm like, okay. And sometimes it's hurtful. Like, you know, one time at work just recently with one of our coworkers yeah. telling me, you know, you're not, re you're, you're reacting based on previous experiences. Mm -hmm. You're bringing your baggage to bear that has nothing to do with this person. And at first I was like, what? Wait, that's not, hmm. And then I had to stop and think, this is Kim. This is Kim talking to me in love. I need to, I need to listen to this and process this. And I thought, you know what? She's right. My perception of this situation is not right it's mm. not clear and it's not fair it's not fair to this other person that I'm projecting these things onto that's a completely different person than my previous experience so it was so helpful and it really helped me from damaging a work relationship mm. because I was able to see that and think you know what she's right that's not you know what's interesting the people pleaser in me mm -hmm. and the codependent in me was like ah how do I say this right because I, you know I can see what's happening but I don't want to hurt her feelings but right. it's it's dishonest of me to not tell you we have a trust right like if I don't tell you who's gonna tell you right and not in an <laughs> ugly way but we've given each other permission, permission to speak into our lives to speak truth into our lives because I know her situation well enough to say that what you're what you're feeling and what you're seeing are not the same. Mm -hmm. Here's the truth. I love you. Mm -hmm. Here's the truth. Mm -hmm. And you you don't have to see things that way. You don't have to walk in this lie because she was walking in a lie. I was walking in a lie. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So breaking free of that bondage, I can't even explain to you the difference that it makes in your life and in yeah. your relationships and how you walk through the world. And we're going to talk about some of the anger yeah. and all the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. We really want to share a little bit more of ourselves and our story yeah. now. I think we've kind of set the stage with the codependency. So we're going to share some more exper um, personal experiences yeah. as we go through. So bear with us. We hope you uh, appreciate some of these and, and can relate to some of these. But um, so anyway, we'll continue. Do you want to, okay. You, yeah. you want to go here? Oh, no. You Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, sometimes as a codependent, in terms of filtering information, um, we're going to hear and see those things that we dread. We're yeah. always going to see the worst. We're going to hear the worst. So let's say you have an evaluation at work, and your oh, yeah. manager tells you 10 things. Nine of those things are complimentary. Nine are things, are, nine are things that you do well, yeah. that are your strengths that are good. They give you one area for improvement. What do you think the codependent's going to do? <laughs> they're going to discard those yes. nine, and they're going to dwell and agonize and rehash, and rehash and over that and beat one. Our, we beat ourselves up over that one That thing. one area of improvement that we perceive as this huge negative thing, right? right? 
So we filter information um, based on our brokenness. Mm. We filter to fit our brokenness. So we buy into our own lies, right? So, yeah. So yeah. that's one, filtering information. So be aware of that. So, and, and if that's you, if, 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 when you're hearing these things, if you go, oh my gosh, that's me. You know, you tell me nine great things about myself. You tell me one thing that is an area of, of improvement, a constructive criticism, <laughs> and we start beating ourselves up. If, you, if that's you, you're normal. Let's start there. You're normal. Yeah, you're normal. <laughs> um, you're also codependent, probably. Yeah, yes. um, and that's, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We can take that little piece of information and learn from it and celebrate, which is also we're not, what we're not good at as a codependent, because right? we don't see even the good things objectively. We don't. Um, we celebrate don't. those nine great things. Like, that's okay, too because we yeah. beat ourselves up over yeah. this whole perfectionism thing. Right. Okay, so we talked about filtering information. Let's go on to number two, which is defending. Oh, I'm sorry. Defender. No, go ahead. I don't interrupt no. But I want you folks to know that if you're, if you're, if this is resonating with you and you are feeling very much like, oh my gosh, anything that we're saying here in these podcasts, if you're saying, I think this is me, and you start to feel, you know, panicky or overwhelmed, yeah, there is hope. Yes. We're going to walk through this and we're going to give you ways to address this. First, mm -hmm. we have to understand what the problem is. Yeah. Before we can fix it, we have to admit there is a problem. Mm -hmm. We have to identify what is it really, what does codependency mean, mm -hmm. and what does it mean to me in mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. and then the steps we take to walk out of yes. that. Okay? Yeah, that's so a good don't, point. So don't feel hopeless. There is hope. If we can change, anybody can change. So we've I'm just been doing, saying. We've been living this way a long yep. time. Decades. <laughs> Decades, but gosh. Every day gets so much better as yeah, we as we learn and grow together. Yeah. Okay, so that's a very good point. So defending the offender um, is is a big one, and and here's where instead of honestly feeling the hurt of betrayal or experiencing the anger of being abused or being neglected or being used, whatever that pain is, we as the codependent instead we'll defend the the person who's offended us. Mm -hmm. And we'll make excuses for them and we'll justify their behavior and we'll say things like, well, you know, he was really tired or he's under a lot of stress or, you know, it really doesn't bother me, uh, you know, okay or I deserved it. it. There's another one. Mm -hmm. You know, if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't been so loud, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, have, he so wouldn't have woken up and he right. wouldn't have gotten upset, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, I'm used to it. It's okay. I'm used to it by now. Or, you know, he really can't help it. She yeah. can't help it. She's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So we make all those excuses, but. So I really started thinking about this. And I, and, and I thought about this on a few different levels. Why do we do this? Why do we make mm. excuses for people's bad behavior? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, why do we say, oh, it's us when it's not. Right. When it's them. Um, why do we defend bad behavior, even outside of ourselves? If, if we see a famous person who's done something wrong, you know, why do we say, you know, oh, well, you know, if a woman was raped, we say, well, she shouldn't have been wearing that. or She, she shouldn't have walked through that park at night. Or right. Why are we so quick to defend the offender? Why are we so quick to negate the victim? The reality of the victim's experience. Mm. And I've really been processing this. And I think I think it start I think it has to do with control. I think it has to do with power. And you know, as codependents, we really struggle with 
being controlled. We mm -hmm. struggle with wanting to control other people. But I was trying to figure out how it all starts because, you know, all of these start with our family of origin. Mm -hmm. These are things we've learned all of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. So as we were talking about this, we started going, you know, our parents to us are godlike. Right. So when if... you're a very small child. Yeah. You see your parents as infallible. Yes. And that's where you, that's where we draw our first sense of identity. Exactly. From our foundation of who we are. So if our parents in any way intent, and let's be real, let's be clear. It's not intentional when our parents make us feel unloved or when we, when we feel unloved by behaviors of our parents or whatever. Um, but imagine being a child and your number one need, like mm -hmm. not just desire, mm -hmm. but need, like you need food, you need water, you need love, right? So if that need for love, if, if you feel like your parents don't love you, that would be fatal. Like, right. like lack of food would, would be, be fatal. It would be terrifying. It would be, yeah. As a child to think that this all-knowing, God-like being that our parents are doesn't want our best interests, yeah. doesn't love us, isn't able to nurture and care for us the way we need to be as a child, that is absolutely death def I mean that's just yeah that just feels terrifying yeah it feels like we can't so survive that our coping mechanism mm -hmm. for that as what I'm kind of verbally processing here our, our coping mechanism for that is we make excuses for them yep absolutely and we go well it must be me mm-hmm we blame ourselves and we don't go I'm not lovable but we go ah I I, I did too much must have been me must have been this must have I was been too loud mm -hmm. I didn't my grades weren't good enough um, you know, I put too much pressure on them. I, I bothered them when they were whatever. What, right. So this starts off very, very young, mm -hmm. very, very young, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't just stay with us. I feel like it's a cultural problem. And I think it carries out into the world. Definitely. I do. Mm -hmm, out into society. I do. As codependents, this is such an interesting dichotomy to me because Codependents who defend the offender are also good at blaming the victim, which is mm -hmm. typically themselves. Mm -hmm. So both blaming the victim and defending the offender, excuse the one who is inflicting the hurt mm -hmm. that is inflicting the wrong behavior. Mm -hmm. It excuses them from any blame or guilt. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, the codependent who is typically the victim not only bears the hurt, the brunt of that hurt, but also takes the blame for that yeah. hurt. So here's the cycle. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say we abdicate our power. We do. We, we give our power, power away. That's a great way to yeah. say it. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's kind of the cycle. This dysfunctional person, the, the, the offender, does this wrong, does something wrong to us, hurts us, betrays us, does something wrong. We may call them out or maybe we just say, hey, you know what? That hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't feel good. That that doesn't feel right. You shouldn't do that to me. I don't I don't want you to do that to me. Mm -hmm. The offender, the dysfunctional person, mm -hmm. gets angry, turns it around, yells, blames you, whatever. And the and the codependent finds themselves accepting that blame. Blaming themselves, maybe even apologizing for their oftentimes wrong behavior. Yeah, often for the other person's yes. wrong behavior. Yes. We take it on ourselves and we say, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have gotten you mm -hmm. that upset. Instead right. of Having them right. be responsible for their right. behavior, we okay. take it on ourselves. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And so, so if you look at it from a child's well, not even a child's perspective. Let's say in a marriage relationship, even or even in a friendship. So, if I were to acknowledge that his behavior is wrong or hurtful, 
okay, and maybe isn't acting in my best interest, then I'm going to have to face the truth of one, mm -hmm. maybe this person doesn't really love me. Mm -hmm. Two, maybe this person really isn't looking out for my best interest. Maybe they really aren't caring for me the way they should. Or, you know, maybe they don't want what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Basically, I have to come to the truth that the relationship is broken. Yeah. It's not healthy. It's not good for me. It's not what I need. And that can be terrifying. That is. Because especially if you're not emotionally strong enough to, to act on that. Yeah. You know and what if I mean? You, and if you put your identity, I'll say for me, I put my identity in my marriage. Mm -hmm. So for me to think that my husband didn't love me, like that would be, that would be, it would have felt fatal. It would have felt like I was going to die. Do you want me to do that? Exactly. No. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Be right back. Okay. So, um, you know, you need help, but that's okay. So let's talk about the next one. The next one is redefining pain. And this is where we take our repressing hurt and anger and turn it inwardly. And it, it actually makes us sick. So, go. If we're being objective about our deep hurt, if we're seeing that our anger produces guilt and pain, um, that's almost unfathomable, but that's what we do. So what we do is we take these repressed feelings, we keep them inside, and it turns into physical ailments. Okay? So Kathleen, you wanna talk about your book? No, you want to talk about your book? We're talking about um, redefining pain. Oh, yes. Okay. So, and how we take this okay, physical sorry. pain. <laughs> take this physical pain. So yes. Kathleen told me about a book um, called The Body Keeps the Score. Right. I work with human trafficking survivors. And a lot of times, one of the things we talk about, well, that's one of the books that we recommend because one of the things we talk about is how when you have trauma on any level, when you have any kind of trauma, and you're kind of repressing those emotions, you're not dealing with them, those, that stress, that trauma is gonna manifest itself somehow. It's got to come out somehow. So typically it comes out physically with physical ailments. So folks who experience trauma tend to have health problems um, because they're, if they're not, if they're not dealing with things, mm -hmm. if they're dealing with mm -hmm. them, that's, you know, that's, that's but healthy. But we codependents don't right? usually deal with things, by the way. We don't. Yeah. Oh no, we don't deal with our emotions. So we do tend to repress <clears throat> any <clears throat> anger, any negative, <throat> what we can perceive as negative yep. emotions. But, um, so a lot of codependents will suffer from migraines or tension headaches. They're really mm -hmm. tension headaches, but they call them migraines, right? Um, did you talk about how that if, if, um, you know, if it's physical, then it's not their fault kind of thing. No, I didn't talk okay. about that. All right. Um, <clears throat> so as we, because we tend to label these physical ailments or our repressed emotions and our trauma as something else, um, it shifts the focus of the source of the problem to strictly physical rather mm -hmm. than emotional. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then it's, because it's not our fault. So right. it's out of our control. There's right. nothing we can do about it. So it kind of gives us an out not to deal with it. Because if it's physical, I can't help that. Right. You know? So. Um, but that's also part of the, the denial. Yes. You it's, know? It's due to our unwillingness to mm -hmm. deal with mm -hmm. our emotions and mm -hmm. our pain. But it, it, it makes sense that it, it, man it will have to manifest itself mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, energy is real. It has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, let's, let's say if, if you drink water, if you drink water, it fills up your bladder. There's a physical response to that. And if you don't empty your bladder, 
Well, it will explode. Right? It will, you will and explode. And it's going to be bad news. And that be, <laughs> that's bad. Um, and the same thing happens to us emotionally. Mm-hmm. It fills up and it has to go somewhere. It's going to come so out. So it might be a headache. It might be um, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. It might be clinical depression. Mm-hmm. It might be an ulcer. Anxiety. Anxiety. It panic has attacks, to. It has to come. Anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. It has to do. It has to go somewhere. Upset stomachs. Yes. Ulcers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Kim. She knows this. That when I was in middle school, I'm a middle school student. I got diagnosed with an ulcer. I was in eighth grade. What eighth grader has an ulcer? Clearly, there's some stress and some things going mm-hmm. on at home, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I wasn't able to articulate the stress and the anxiety of what was happening at home and just the emotional stuff that was going on with, you know, an emotionally distant father who was very rigid, who was very um, disciplinary based, very focused on punishment Mm -hmm. for the tiniest infraction with a mom who was hypercritical. Nothing was ever right. Nothing was ever good enough. There was no nurturing. There was no compassion. There was no support. You know, all the all the nurturing things as a child you need was lacking yeah. for me, mm-hmm. and so that manifested itself in those physical kinds of things. So you know what that says to me that part of our responsibility as parents. So for those of you who, especially if you have smaller children, um, children still living at home, part of what this tells me is part of our responsibility as healthy parents mm-hmm. is to teach our children to be able to process, to feel their feelings, to understand their feelings, to talk about their feelings to work through their feelings mm-hmm. because if they don't know how to do that, you know, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, we know that people who don't have no, don't have coping skills, you know, can become addicts and, and mm, alcoholics right? and all of that, but Work-a- you can workaholics. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we, but it also manifests itself in other ways physically. So mm-hmm. that's what that's telling me is, right. you know, what part of my job as a mom is to teach my kids how to work through this stuff so that they don't have that. Phys- they don't have physical pain. They've worked right. through it. Right. They go, you know what? Yeah. I, you know what? I feel hurt. It hurt my feelings that this person did that to me, and 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 work through that, and allow your child to be honest. Yeah. If you did react in anger or did was short tempered or whatever, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't make you a terrible parent. Just own that. If the child cries and says, you know, mommy, that hurt my feelings, or that, yeah. you know, don't say that to me. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. They, instead of yelling at them or saying you're disrespecting me or don't you give me your lip or whatever acknowledge the fact that yeah maybe what you did hurt them yeah they have pain and so acknowledge that apologize for that own that walk through that with them allow them to be able to tell you what they're feeling yeah my child one of my children recently told me that I was overstepping her boundaries mm-hmm. and that um, <laughs> when I apologized and I'm like I'm sorry like and, and I know my attitude was like I'm sorry I said I'm sorry get over it Mm-hmm. And I know that's what I was probably thinking, which is not, of course, what I would have ever said. But she said to me, you know what, just because you said you're sorry doesn't mean I'm going to just forgive you right away and doesn't mean I'm going to get over it right away. And you don't get to be mad about it. And I was in my feelings. <laughs> I was like quiet and withdrawn. And I know to her, it probably looked like I was mad. But I, I actually said, I'm not mad. Um, I, you're absolutely right. I just, I'm working through it. I'm learning. I'm growing. So I'm, I got to work. I got to work through this one because I've behaved this way for 40 funky years. Right. Mm-hmm. So because you're 16 and now calling me on my shit, 
at 16, uh-huh. like all of her siblings, her sisters, I would have been like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but she's right. I did overstep right. and I wasn't listening to her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't get to be mad about it when she's hurt. That is so good. I love that. That's really good. And look, I'm over it now. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next time uh, I'll do better. Yeah. That's okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do this. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the last one in this. In this. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about proclaiming perfect perception. <sighs> so that just means that we believe we're seeing things accurately. We feel like we're seeing truth when facts prove that we are not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the perception really prevents us from seeing reality and feeling our own pain. Mm -hmm. We, we're just lying to ourselves. Yes. We think we're, we're on it, but if we refuse to see the problem, then there's no reason to change. There's no, Mm -hmm. why would you work on yourself if there's no issues? Right? So, like, I remember when I was younger, my mom and I had such a difficult, complex relationship. I remember one time saying to someone, oh, yeah, my mom and I are really close. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, that's a lie. What are you saying? That's not true. But for some reason, I needed to believe that. Mm. I needed to think that. Did you need to believe it or did you need somebody else to believe it so that they would think better of you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I was about. younger then. Uh, well, I mean, I was in my, I think I was in my mid-teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, for some reason, I needed to think that that was true or I needed mm. other people to think that that was true. Mm-hmm. It was not true. Mm. So I think it goes back to what you were saying about as a child. If, if, I didn't, if I didn't believe that lie, then I would have to acknowledge that no, mm. my mom and her own brokenness wasn't able to love me the way I needed to be loved. Mm-hmm. She was not able to nurture me the way me as in my personality, what I needed. Yeah. That would have been, I couldn't have handled that at that age. I couldn't have been able to acknowledge that truth. So in my denial, I had to kind of create this fantasy mm-hmm. of what our relationship was that wasn't true. That's so sad. So, you know, as a child, it can destroy you. So you can't handle it. Yeah. And I probably would have been the opposite of that. Where in this, like she in proclaiming perfection was like, yes, this is what it looked like. I probably would have been the one that had been like, well, I don't need that. Mm. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. But here's the truth. I, you know, there are love languages. I don't know if you guys know the five love languages, mm-hmm. but my number one love language is physical touch. And in my house, there was not a lot of hugging. There Mine was either. not a lot mm-hmm. of like lovey-dovey um, affection. Not at all. There wasn't. But that is my number one love language. I need that. That makes me feel loved. I'm super handsy with my children. Mm-hmm. Some of them like it. Some of them don't. Um, <laughs> I'm super handsy in all my relationships. Like I'm a hugger. You see me, I'm going to squeeze you. And I'm going to warn you because if you're not a hugger, I'm really sorry, but I'm a squeeze (laughs) you. But I would have been like, oh, well, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that. Um, I'm just not, I I don't, I, that's the denial that I, Mm -hmm. but they're both the same thing and that we are having this feeling of perfectionism and and needing to appear perfect because Mm -hmm. to me um that makes me feel like I'm in control when I don't need anybody to do anything for me Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that you know what I it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel loved when you just hug me and hold me we can't ask for that that would have made me feel like I was weak Mm mm-hmm 
That's good. I don't yeah. do well with weak. Mm -mm. Me either. My daddy was a Marine. I don't do well mm -mm. with, even we now, I don't that. do well mm -mm. with weak. I'm working on it. You know, I think too, I think that's why for codependence, it's very difficult for us to ask for help mm. or to accept help when someone offers it to us. Very difficult. I think you're oh, right. It this is, is a control this is, thing. Yeah, it it's is. It's a control thing. And it's this weakness that, like, if someone else were in a situation where they needed help, I'd be quick to, you know, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to fix you. The, to me, that seems perfectly reasonable that if somebody is <laughs> ill or has an injury or whatever. Or is going to have surgery. <clears throat> You would, you know, you would, you would ask, you would ask for that help mm -hmm. and you would expect to receive that help. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's very, for me, for me, it is so hard I'm terrible. to ask anyone for help. And mm -hmm. when they offer my first response is always, no, no I'm, I'm fine. Good. I can do no, it. I'm I got good. it. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? I think it, I think Why it's control. That? I think, I think it, it makes me feel like I'm mm -hmm. in control. Yes. And we do not, not need trust. anybody. We've learned that people can't be depended on. Right. We've like learned people exes, are not reliable. You know, my ex-husband promise after promise wasn't kept. I couldn't, I learned fairly quickly that I could not depend on him. I couldn't trust him. He was not going to take care of me or he didn't act in the yeah. best interest of our marriage. So or you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. You're not going to be right? disappointed by the, the lack of help. I just take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my parents. I couldn't really depend on them to be there for me necessarily. I had to be there for myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can make you prickly. It can make you very much so. a lot of walls up. Mm -hmm. You can look. You can become very hardened or cynical. Yes. Or someone will say, "Oh, he's a tough nut to crack," or yeah. "She's a, a tough cookie," or whatever. Mm -hmm. It does. It can make you hard. It, it does. really can. Oh yeah. You know, there are a lot and of walls you have to work that through have to that. Be a lot down of walls. Like I used to be really sarcastic and cynical. Mm. That was an issue, and it mm. was just it was a defense mechanism. It was a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to figure out how yeah. to break those habits. Interesting. So yeah, very interesting. interesting. So yeah, so when you come across somebody like that, they may be a codependent. Yes. So don't so tell have, them that because they're not going to be open to it. Just so, have, yeah. empathy. have empathy. I think I think a lot of that is that is this is that so, we right? it helps us to to empathize. For other people and mm -hmm. to give ourselves some grace right because we're so hard on ourselves we are so so yeah. the blinders so blinders provide a way for us to maintain the appearance of control yes right they don't stop the pain not actual not they actual just control instead they really continue to freeze us into inaction yeah. we're just not able to do anything because mm -hmm. we're not acknowledging anything mm -hmm. okay so we're just going to review the first four yeah. of these blinders real quick so Filtering information. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's only accepting what fits into our distorted perception of reality and our lack of in objectivity. Box. It's got to fit our lack mm -hmm. of objectivity. Mm -hmm. Number two is defending the offender. I'm mm -hmm. um, excusing the person who hurt us and then blaming ourselves. Basically, that's what that is. That's so dumb. Redefining the pain, which is labeling our pain as purely physical and avoiding dealing with the actual emotional issues that are caught that have manifested themselves physically. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one. Proclaiming perfect perception, which is denying the reality and feeling the pain to give ourselves a sense of control. We deny reality. We deny our emotions. We deny that's our That's how we stay in control. Yep. We think it's how we stay in control. Mm -hmm. But so, they're all lies. That's a lie. So <laughs> thanks for sticking with us for the first yes, four. We're going to talk about the last three on the next episode. So absolutely join us stay with us we can't wait and if you guys again if you have the opportunity yes. to pick up this book it's called untangling relationships a christian perspective on codependency um also the other book that we referred to was the body keeps the score mm -hmm. again that's about how um, trauma victims or abuse victims survivors 
how um, your body knows, and if you don't deal with your stuff, it's it going to manifest itself physically. It will deal with you. Okay, it will. It will deal with you. So um, you want to make sure that you um, that you deal with those. So. Yeah. Um, we're check going out these to, other resources. Yeah, check you out have the tools. You're not alone. You do have tools. So walk alone. through this with us. I mean, go ahead and grab up this book yeah. and read through it. If you have a, a book club or a Bible study or just or a start, group of friends, or heck, just one other person, just have one other person you trust yeah. that are safe. Absolutely. You can do it together, the two of you, even just two people can and do And you this. can do it virtually. If you've got somebody right. who lives in another place, mm -hmm. um, right. don't let, don't think outside the box. Absolutely. So. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us for Uncomfortable Conversations. With the K&K &K Twins. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time. Thanks.